0: TalkBox Radio Radio. Radio. Hello listeners, thanks for tuning in to TalkBox Radio. I'm your host, Lisa Earhart. Today's topic is Unburdening the Self, an interview with Dr. Christine Lee. Dr. Lee is a New York State licensed clinical psychologist working in private practice in New York City and Westchester, New York. She's conducted procrastination workshops at Columbia University, New York Presbyterian Medical School, the New York City Guitar School, the YMCA of White Plains, and in the New York City community. She's provided in-service trainings on procrastination at the counseling service centers at Columbia University, New York Presbyterian Medical School, SUNY College, Purchase, Fordham University, Barnard College, and Scarsdale High School. Dr. Lee draws from many years of experience working with university-age students at Adelphi University, Pace University-Pleasantville, Columbia University, and New York Presbyterian Medical School. She started the Procrastination Coach website in 2009 to connect to the wider population of procrastinators at large. Alongside her practice, Dr. Lee is working to raise awareness and provide expert guidance on the topic of recovery from chronic procrastination. She blogs regularly on her Procrastination Coach website, ProcrastinationCoach.com. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome my special guest, Dr. Christine Lee, to the show today. Dr. Lee, welcome. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for being on the show. It is really an honor. You have a most impressive resume Oh, thank so, you, Lisa.
1: Thanks for that nice introduction and thanks for having me on your show. I'm so grateful oh, to people like you who bring, bring recognition to problems that we all face. I think it's an important subject matter that you deal with.
0: Well, thank you so much. So before we get started talk, going further in depth with the interview, um, let's talk about unburdening the self. What does this mean exactly?
1: Uh, the great question. Uh, I came up with the topic uh, when you asked me what I'd like to speak about today, and I think it's really the the results that I have been able to get for myself since recovering from my own chronic procrastination. So I thought I was just basically getting my life in order and getting on top of time and and events in my life, but really, what ended up happening is that I just ended up feeling. Calm and free, and more productive, and more sane, and more focused. So, that's my version of, of what I'd like to share with your listeners and you on the podcast today. Just the, the whole process of being able to unburden the self from stress, from distraction, from worry, and things that can really suppress your natural drive to move forward and to be well. Okay, that sounds really good. <laughs> so, so why don't
0: we just talk a little bit about what you offer on your website, if you want to give out the address again, just let's talk a little bit about what you do there.
1: Sure, thank you for offering. My website of is pro- procrastinationcoach.com, and mm-hmm. I was basically lucky to snag that domain name many years ago. Once I saw it was open, I think my destiny <clears> was sealed. I just had to go forward with the idea. <laughs> And um, on the, the homepage of the website, your listeners or, or followers will find a host of options. So there are lots of free options, like, um, for instance, reading my blog through the website, um, signing up for my Facebook group, which is a small but lovely group of people who are just there to share wins and stresses and um, kind of daily events within the group so that you can get through the website as well. Uh, There's also a free resource library through the website um, packed with 13 downloadable items that can help any of your listeners who might be feeling stuck to, you know, get their game on, get a plan going, get a system going, just to to start moving. It doesn't have – my system involves small steps and not trying to conquer the world all at once, just really trying to unlock people from that feeling of being stuck. So those are three, three or four things, three or four things that are on the website. And then um, there's, I also offer coaching through the site and a membership group. So that's a paid weekly membership group where we meet and I do live coaching through video, uh, a video program called Zoom. And that has been lovely. So we get together once a week for an hour and I do a combination of coaching and putting people through a work sprint. So we do half coaching and talking and half just setting that part of the hour aside to do the cleaning, to do the billing, to do the emails that you've been behind on. And so we all benefit including myself every Saturday morning I feel like I get a new uh, you know a a, um, a new a thing boost. done a yeah. boost and uh, it's it's fun because it's time pressured uh, because we only have a limited period of time to get this stuff accomplished, we end up feeling enlivened. And that's part of my message that we don't have to feel like every time we start something, it's going to be a burden that we're going to be, It's that, that idea of unburdening the idea of working, that work doesn't have to be painful. We, we kind of make it so sometimes.
0: What is it that we, how is it that we make it painful? That's a great question.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. I think we, we've been trained to associate work with pain. I think it starts very early on in early high school, maybe even middle school, the idea that uh, just more work is coming, there's no end. <laughs> if you remember what's high school, mm-hmm. the, the feeling of just every subject all at once and needing to sacrifice sleep and fun times and free time in order to do work so that there's always this feeling like you're making a sacrifice in order to get something done. So it's always somehow a negative experience, even if you're interested in the material. And as we age and go through school, graduate school, or whatever you go to after college um, and, and employment, the, it seems like the stresses keep mounting, that there's no valve or that there's no relief from that that feeling like stress will always keep coming and that work will always need to be associated with anxiety and pain. Uh, as you know, even before I got onto this podcast, I got up, I got mm-hmm. nervous <laughs> and you were so kind to say, you know, really, this is about unburdening the self. We can, we can, you know, you know, the material and we can do this comfortably. And right. that was all I needed to hear because it's, it's true. I ha- I have, material and I have uh, a lot to share on the topic and I really didn't need to get too overworked about this. See, what I like, what
0: what I'm touched by is that you're so candid and also to be so (laughs) candid on your website about having dealt and struggled with procrastination because that disarms people right away because usually we, we think of um, psychologists as above. You know, they're, they're guarded. They're not going to talk about themselves. That's, I think, more common uh, in that field. But for you to, to just say, well, this is, this is something I've dealt with and now I want to help you with it. I think that that's very touching and can help people to also to feel a sense of trust in what you're doing.
1: So, oh, thanks. And thanks for all yep. of that. That's really nice of you to say all of that. <laughs> and I have to say that some of this is just genetic, you know, that I'm a talker, I think, uh, genetically uh, by, by, mm-hmm. by genetic makeup. And I think I probably, uh, you remind me of a time when a trusted supervisor just told me that I share a lot. In, I shared a lot. In supervision, and I didn't realize there was any other way to get or do supervision than by sharing your experience, and so that was kind of eye-opening back then. That maybe I, (laughs) maybe I um, revealed a lot. I I was able to reveal a lot, or felt somehow comfortable that 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 was the only way I felt like I could get help from myself was to describe how I might need help um, in a real way, and that's definitely a message that I give to clients.
0: What is supervision? You mentioned supervision. What what is that exactly?
1: Supervision is a very standard, very meaningful part of um, the training that psychologists or or about to be psychologists go through. So you will have multiple people uh, supervising you. Sometimes you know you could have five or six supervisors at a time uh, helping you to deal with one or two cases at a time. So that's that's done well. So you're doing mm-hmm. really. You're getting very focused attention for your process as you go through your own feelings and your own struggles with working with individual clients. And just processing the material, it doesn't have to be, again, burdensome. It doesn't, it's not always a struggle to work with patients, but just to describe your experience and to have it go through someone who's licensed ears.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. now, I also wanted to ask you about... This sense of work being a burden or resistance to work, doesn't that start earlier than the school years? Do do we not uh, have models, such as our parents, or if you don't have parents, your guardians, uh, modeling what work means to them? And don't we then intuit that into our lives?
1: Yes that's an excellent point. I tend to mm-hmm. focus on our schooling for some reason because I work with yeah. a lot of students who are in their yeah. dissertation years so it's very mm-hmm. heavy on the school messaging um, but right. absolutely if your professors in your, in your doctoral program are racked with anxiety and can't handle the stress, and uh, don't turn their uh, don't get back to you when you try to reach out to them. That that is messaging absolutely, and of course, as you mentioned, the, the messages that we're getting both both um, concretely in the everyday and also kind of non-verbally. You know, when when your parent comes home and falls asleep at the computer every night, that's mm-hmm. a message. There's no, there's no direct teaching, but the, the, that's all the child is eating up. So, right, they're,
0: they're, model, they're modeling that behavior, and procrastination is a big one too. Uh, so if one parent tends to procrastinate more than another, for example, or maybe both do, are they not teaching a child to do the same thing?
1: Yes, yes, um, yes. But this is also such a human... Condition and, and that's why I think I do have the the need to share. I feel like no, yeah. I, I I struggled with this for years, not knowing that it was an issue. I just thought the struggle was just that's life. That that's how people went through school, and I just happened to be slightly, mm-hmm. you know, a slightly worse than my peers in in coping. And really, it was a whole host of minor ailments that ended up making me a very severe procrastinator. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I felt like if there was some sort of public message, oh, maybe you procrastinate, oh, maybe you could get some temporary relief for your stress at the time, Um, I think that was just starting to get going when I was in college. Uh, That would have been really helpful. Now I think there's so much public awareness about, much more, about mental health issues, about stress reduction, about ways to be productive, but I still feel there's this this absence of information about how to get unblocked, how to how to deal with that emotional material that people feel embarrassed to talk about or ashamed to talk about or just don't have mm-hmm. the words or the know-how or the practice of speaking in that kind of way. So that's where I feel like I I have a message to share. <laughs>
0: Good. and I'd love to hear what that is, but first I'd like you to define what procrastination is exactly.
1: Okay, I was just asked that recently and I thought to myself, I have to come up with my own definition. <laughs> I feel like it, it's a broad definition where we are not able to complete something that we need to do or that we want to do because mm-hmm. of external fears or internal fears. So external pressures... Like judgment or um, criticism, feared judgment or criticism, or internal fears like self criticism and fears of failure, fears of mm-hmm. uncertainty. If I finish this, then what will happen next? That happens with the dissertation students that you know they have mm-hmm. one job to do pretty much is to finish this large paper, and mm-hmm. it 's such an unclear after so many years of being in existence, I think the dissertation process is still very relatively unstructured, fraught with emotional ups and downs and hmm. um, some lack of guidance oftentimes because it's just years and years of doing the same thing with no monetary reward, with no social reward. <laughs> you know, it's a difficult uh, path to, to travel. So I think just people need support People need to feel comfortable saying when they need help and when they feel like they're struggling and vulnerable, um, whether it's a short-term thing or a long-term thing. Because without verbalizing the problems, without reaching out for help, the problem just gets worse. And the self-esteem just, um, I guess, what's the verb for that? The self-esteem uh, gets even lower, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and that's that's what I I want to help prevent. And I feel like it's very very preventable. And I feel like this is this is the, what I'm talking about here about unburdening yourself. You don't need financial resources. You don't need to be a PhD. You don't need mm-hmm. um, you don't need to live in a nice house. You this is this is about internal change and reaching out and finding your natural skills and making them go again you know I, I don't think I'm teaching anybody brand new skills I feel like I'm bringing people back to that natural flow where fear wasn't such a big boss and um, and time wasn't a big monster <laughs> that so it was why, kind of, yeah. well, I'm sorry but what is at the bottom
0: of the fear i mean why do we have to have this fear and why can't we just say i don't want the fear let me just go ahead and do the thing that i have to do what where does the fear come from i mean i know you said it's it's fear of judgment or our perceived possible judgment potential judgment maybe or judgment of yourself yes but yes. before that happens where is that coming from what we're why do we have to have that in us at all?
1: We're human, and mm-hmm. I feel like there's so many different types of fears, and we're so different in the, the, the strategies that we come up with to hold ourselves back, but there are all sorts of, there are all sorts of benefits for holding ourselves back from finding these things out and, and from sticking on the side of fear. We get to okay. kind of have a sense that we're holding time back. We don't, we don't, we don't have hmm. to proceed that we don't have to deal with stressors, that we don't have to deal with consequences. Um, it can be a little mm. bit of a, a power play. And you, you mentioned the whole issue with parents. Oftentimes yeah. the biggest drama <laughs> between mm-hmm. adolescents and parents is kind of like, will you do something? And yeah. who will it be for? You know, is it for you, mm-hmm. the kid, or is it for the parent? And that's kind of a messy game in many families and many households. So, um, I think the fear issue is just, again, a human thing that we all have to deal with on some level, and also um, an ego issue, really just deciding for the self that it is, I feel it's better for me to procrastinate and not move forward because that will protect my ego from further harm. And oftentimes Mm. it's because the ego has been harmed. There's been excessive Mm. criticism or... Um, maybe harsh punishment or mm-hmm. um, a, a shaming public incident that has happened. Um, but maybe not. It doesn't have to be a big uh, traumatic event to lead the person to feel like they're vulnerable. Um, kids can be mean to each other. people can oh, be competitive yeah. you know <laughs> um, and the the whole culture is kind of of competition and um, mm. there's only a few spots left and that kind of thing. Mm. And, um, and there's and the only the strong survive. So all of those messages are very powerful. Um, and, I, and you know, I
0: was just thinking too. Um, when you procrastinate, it's kind of a way for you to just feel like, well, I'm at least in control of this choice. You absolutely. know, I'm going to just yeah, right. I'm going to just decide. Okay, it's it's painful, but I'm deciding to have that pain. So I have a sense of control, at least over that, however uncomfortable it is.
1: Absolutely. So and yeah, and in the short yeah. term, that's a big win. And it seems like a clear win when you start. And then it, the, the difficulty, they just mount when you keep doing that, just like, in a, okay, it, so, it's just like yeah. any addictive process. Let's talk
0: about that, because you, you mentioned that it's like an addiction. So let's talk about
1: that, and let's talk about steps to break free. Okay, sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Great questions. It's (laughs) it's definitely like an addiction. I feel people talk about it like an addiction. Uh, You have to kind of go – it it may, like an addiction, start relatively innocently, like an experimentation, like I'll just do this once. I'll just – you know, it starts with the first late paper perhaps, but then all of a sudden all (laughs) the other ones are late, you know. And Mm -hmm. – then the more you engage in the behavior, the more, the, more, the, the more difficult it is to feel like you can escape the behavior. And um, mm. just like with drug addiction and substance abuse, it's kind of accidents start happening and the fees accrue and the costs start to mount. And then
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, just like with addictions, your social life starts to change. Instead of being free to go out, you feel like you have to hide out you either are staying home to work or you feel too guilty to go out or you're ashamed to tell the truth to your friends. And so all those factors can lead to a very small shrinking social circle, which is mm-hmm. another danger for procrastinators because isolation is just the worst. <laughs> we, mm-hmm. we tend to work because we're connected to other people. So when we're very isolated, then you go into deeper denial. Then you really lose track of time then people start failing out of programs, things like that. So, so the real costs uh, start to, to be tallied up then.
0: So I, um, I did have one. I had one other question for you before you start talking about the steps here. Um, how did you get through school if you were procrastinating so much? I mean, it's amazing. You, you, earned, your, you earned a very impressive degree. So how did you do it?
1: I that's a great question. Nobody's asked me that like that and live too, Uh, but I would say I had different phases. Some were good, some were really not good. And I pulled a lot of all nighters uh, just desperately trying to rescue time for myself and get my thoughts together. But I had that just running anxiety. So I think that was mostly, that's my main answer is that I survived by, well, maybe I survived in spite of constant anxiety about whether things were going to get done and whether I could actually pull this off. So um, I I, I have always loved learning, so that may have been my saving grace, Um, Mm -hmm. but there was a lot of stress for many, many years throughout uh, the, I would say, the, the, definitely college. I think college was, the worst procrastination uh, period for me. And then moving forward, you then you start to get a writing voice, your own, your own style of writing, and um, you start getting into really specialized courses that are very interesting. So it's a little bit easier to stick with the program there. Yeah. And then just age growing up and just needing to get some things um, in order as you go. And I feel like uh, I think there's a developmental process about procrastination, too, that your your life's work needs to happen in stages. And so you don't want to get too far behind on any one of these stages if you can help it. And I felt like I was growing up. It, it takes a lot of years to get, to get these degrees, too. And so time, time helped me. Time and development also helped. But it's a great question. There was a lot of stress. And there was also... Um, I, I was very ill also in my doctoral program. I got pneumonia one winter. I was walking around coughing mm. like crazy and didn't know to stop. And that may have been one of the earliest moments, where the, the, the kind of eye-opening moments. Like I am destroying myself. I need to change mm. my ways and take better care of myself and sleep and things like that. So, so you weren't sleeping. When you were, you were I, procrastinating about sleeping too? I don't do that anymore. I'm too old, I think, but uh, I definitely uh, kind of shortchanged myself quite a bit in, in those years. So
0: you had a lot to do, but you would be doing other things instead of the things you had to do?
1: That is my, you just summarized my life pattern. <laughs> I, I'm almost always multitasking because I like doing things, but I'm never doing the thing that I'm supposed to be doing, and I'm rarely finishing things. But these, these patterns are all improving, but that's my natural pattern. Okay, so how did you begin to
0: break free of that pattern? What are the okay. steps?
1: Yeah. Okay, great question. Excellent questions, by the way. So thank you for guiding me. Well, this thank life. you. Okay, um, (laughs) the four steps that I tend to share with people about breaking free from procrastination Mm -hmm. are simplicity, uh, communication, active communication, uh, good time management, and mindset management as well, which is a code word for anxiety management. And Mm. I think um, probably the first thing that I learned was communication, And that was, for me, in my own journey, it was getting into psychotherapy for myself. And that was a natural part of being a doctoral student in psychology, but was really one of the best things that has ever happened to me because I learned how to talk. I learned how to be revealing about myself personally, and I learned how to be in relationships that were meaningful. And um, so, so I benefited so greatly from being in that trusted relationship with my trusted therapist. And um, I've used those types of skills of openness and honesty and directness with my clients and um, in my life as a real person outside of being a psychologist and mm-hmm. also as part of this training that without real direct Timely communication. We're all going to be vulnerable to falling behind, or misunderstanding, or bad feelings, even, or just accidents. So, uh, good communication is always a good idea. Um, and if if anything, I would encourage people to over communicate rather than you know think oh it's too early or I'll seem too eager or those kinds of things. Just put
0: your out there. Okay, so how, there. Does that, how does that tie in with procrastination? Do you mean that you should communicate with people about your procrastinating? Is that what you're yes, saying?
1: Okay. Absolutely.
0: Uh-huh. On,
1: on the head. <laughs> on okay. the nail, on the head. I mess up idioms also.
0: <laughs> okay, you so, so when do we take
1: well,
0: let's take one thing that you were procrastinating with or a person might procrastinate. With, and then we're, why don't we walk through those steps of how to push through and become free of the procrastinating. Let's just pick an example. Okay.
1: A simple one might be an email kind of responding to I've, – I've seen a lot of people having difficulties just getting the emails out, and um, we'll, we'll say it, it's an important response to someone. I'm just making this up. And it can start with just people refusing to even open the email. So, (laughs) okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. So step step one: open the email. Step one: open the email. Would that be step one?
1: But it's it's not just that. It's kind of the idea of tolerating uncertainty and um, tolerating the feelings that you're going to have to deal with it regardless and that the anxiety is kind of an obstruction to you dealing with reality. And your dealing with reality is more important than any outcome of this email. <laughs> okay, you know so that, you're going
0: to tolerate the feeling about opening the email, is that right?
1: Yes, and okay. also kind of reducing the, the drama around the email can also be helpful. So that's both anxiety and mindset management and also the simplicity part, that you know, there's so many more complex matters to deal with in life. Let's not make email one of them because email tends to be one of our simpler tasks over the course of the day. So, so now, what
0: you're talking about is talking yourself down out of this feeling of anxiety that you have about opening up the email. Okay.
1: And, if you, and if you need to, get, you know, get someone to sit with you while I will have patients write emails to, that they need to write in my office because yeah. I'd, I'd, I'm happy to save them the time and it just takes two minutes in, in with me, um, mm-hmm. but it might save them two hours when they leave the office because they, I don't want them to have to go through another two hours of struggling when that we can get it done in an instant. Um, so it's it's that support, that, that social support that can be helpful and just rebalancing yourself and your mind frame that this is not going to kill me, this is not going to change the world, um, I will survive this and I can find this out. And and okay. invariably p- people feel better after acting, after doing okay, the Okay, see this is, is a good point.
0: After acting you feel better. And you use the words I will survive this, so that would perhaps suggest, that there's some kind of fear of death in there. Sure. Now really, I'm talking deep down, a feeling yep. of maybe even a little, little bit of panic, like I can't, I can't deal with this, it's going to kill me.
1: Yep, yep. I go there too. I use the word death too <laughs> because it can be helpful okay. in you know, get, set, setting the, the record straight, you know that we're, we're either dealing with death or we're not, and oftentimes we are not. And to try to also practice on a daily basis scaling it back, you know, kind of reducing the stress because we're overwhelmed with stress. Stress is coming at us. We need to be the regulator of stress, not the stress that's coming in. You know, we, we don't adapt to the stress coming in. We, we need to kind of make sure we're on top of it and that we manage it, that we have a therapist if we need, uh, if we need to or a coach or a friend. Some, some avenues to have a constant way of dealing with stress and being able to reduce the stress.
0: Now, would it be helpful as well to have some kind of something written that you're looking at, let's say we're talking an email now, so something, a sign, you put on your computer a sticky note or something that says something very positive, I can do this, and maybe even with a plan at 1 o'clock, I'm going to open that email. What do you think about Absolutely. that idea?
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think all the ideas are good. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I think we have to pick the ideas that work for us and sometimes. Sticky notes are great. Sometimes scheduling a time for doing the emails is great. Batching your emails is great. You know, doing a bunch at once so that you don't have to have that startup anxiety 10 times. You could just have it once Mm -hmm. and, you know, get the 10 emails done in the morning. I recommend to do your emailing in the morning so that it gives you the rest of the day to have people reply And um, that tends to, and then it gets it gets your nasty business off the plate right off the bat. So, but maybe, but maybe if you call
0: it nasty business, aren't isn't that a label then that you don't want to have there because that's putting resistance into the action.
1: If you can, if you make excellent (laughs) points, but I would say if calling it nasty business helps you to say I'm going to get it done first then it it works that way, you know, okay. that okay. I'm going to take care of the stuff that I dread first, and I'm going to take care of that so I don't, I have the rest of the day feeling like an open field in front of me. And, um, yeah, so I agree with you. We have to be careful about the language we use and the labels we attach to our work. And some yeah. stuff is dreadful. <laughs> you know, I can say neutralize your ideas all day long, but I hate certain things more than I hate others. So, uh, there's some realities also.
0: Yeah, and also opening up that email. Answer, we were talking about step one, opening the email. Then yes. there's the answering of the email. What yes. I want to ask you is when you've sat with somebody to help them as a support system while they open their emails, would you share a little bit about what, I mean, without naming the person or anything, or any of the details, but what, did you see that person go through as they were sitting in front of their computer or whatever device before they opened the email?
1: I feel there's a little bit of like anxious, positive energy, like, oh, wow, this Mm. is happening. You know, (laughs) so it's, it's not always something, you know, there's that, that mix of the dread and the hope. And I'm just trying to bring the hope back. You know, I'm Mm -hmm. not creating the hope. The person has it within themselves. And I'm just kind of the hand holder or the, the frame. You know, therapy, therapists talk about the frame of therapy mm. and the hour and the room and, mm-hmm. the, you know, the stable time every week kind of. So we set up the frame so that people can borrow our um, helping energy or however you want to say it, the ego, to, mm-hmm. to be stronger themselves. And so it might just be a little bit easier in the office than the, in the therapy office than it might be in the waiting room or in their dorm. Um, mm. And so it's, it's not, you know, it's not a bucket of tears or anything like that. Um, it's just kind of, and, and everybody types so quickly now. I feel like the young people yeah. really just can whip these things off really quickly. And so it's just done in an instant. And then, like I said before, as soon as you act, you end up feeling better. And so that's the payoff. I'm trying to get people to the, the land of payoffs, constant payoffs, you know, where you feel in control of your inbox, you feel in control of your schedule, you feel in control of your household and what goes yeah. on there. And these are all wonderful things to bring to your life.
0: And there there will be still things in life that are uncertain and maybe out of control. You can't control everything. But it's it's this moment in time. What can I do right now? What can I do in the next five minutes? Right? Yes. So, okay. So we're at the email. We have opened the email now. What happens then when you open up the, okay. The task one has been completed. The email is open. So now what
1: happens? Then I advocate, get to the point. And that's the communication tip. So get, what do you have to say? And you know forget the apologies forget the you know the the niceties just say what you need to say make it quick make it direct make it purposeful and then be done so really I'm a really big fan of not treating email as a, a big deal and mm-hmm. getting the messages ac- across and finished and I think I read in, in some productivity tip you know write the email so that it's done so that so that mm-hmm. it doesn't end up being like an endless train of of uh back and forth um which i think is useful when you can do that and um but just to, to not to belabor these things that don't need to be drawn out
0: okay so does that pretty much define the steps to to conquer the procrastination or is there more
1: for me, these, these steps work, and they're, they kind of fit together uh, in a kind of Lego kind of way. You can pair, pair them with each other and mix and match, but they're important ones that you need to get your anxiety low, your communication straight, your time management in mind. You can't forget that there's a, an actual t- clock ticking, um, and then to keep things simple in your life, and that's a day-to-day process, just not letting the excess take over and making sure you are um, exercising and doing things to feed your soul and body and life um, and Mm -hmm. that you're not just performing as a robot or a worker bee or um, you know someone who's always just giving out of their energy Mm -hmm. because we we need to replenish
0: yeah so let's say There are, well, I was going to use the email example, but now I have, I think, a different one. Let's say you have a house that has a lot of stuff that has to be cleaned. Let's say you've got, I don't know, let's just name it, you know, 10 rooms. (laughs) 10 rooms that have to be cleaned. How do you get, you can't do that in one minute. And you might have resistance to it. So how do you break free... Of your procrastination to start taking action, and how much time a day should you allot? How do you do it?
1: Yeah, I have recently gotten into a habit of doing maybe 20, 25 minutes in the morning of just mm-hmm. doing whatever is in front of me, whatever needs to be tidied or put away or managed mm-hmm. in the house, and just being okay with that. And I am someone who also has a history of clutter and struggling with physical clutter. Uh, mm-hmm. So I have some tolerance for, for mess, but I feel like I've learned that it's part of feeding myself. It's not just the environment. It's that I can give myself the message, I can take this time, not freak out about the loss of time, um, mm. that I, you know, and, and consider this kind of taking care of myself and my family and my home. Mm. And those are lessons I've learned from books Books like Marie Kondo's book, um, the one that's such a big hit, you know what I'm talking about, The Joy of Tidying Up, The Magic of Tidying Up, um, it's on my bookshelf. And the other Mm -hmm. book is called Think Reflections, which Mm -hmm. also taught me to care for yourself by caring for your home and to not consider Mm -hmm. it burdensome. So the Marie Kondo book is called The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up.
0: The life-changing magic of tidying up.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So, so, yeah, and, and, and there's nothing but resistance when, when it comes to cleaning. You know, for me, like mm-hmm. I don't know how anybody does it out of pure <laughs> joy, but for me there's a lot of resistance, but it has to get done, you know, and so it's that whole thing of uh, resistance is futile. Just, just give it up, surrender, and, and do, do a few minutes every day. It'll, it, it won't kill you.
0: So, where does the resistance come from then?
1: Fatigue, I think, just exhaustion from other things, um, depletion. Um, uh, we, we only have so much to give in each day, and oftentimes we overdo, uh, we overwork our, our given willpower supply. So, mm-hmm. that's how the clutter starts to creep up because we, we decide just once okay, I'm not going to file that, or that mail will just sit there. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it happens over time, and so we have to be patient with ourselves and know that it will take time to, to get back to that zero state. And uh, it's just like in therapy, you know, problems don't happen overnight, and so it's going to take a while for us to uncover things and to heal and to really understand and to make sure these things don't return.
0: Yeah, so it's like you have to take yourself by the hand, and guide yourself along.
1: Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And also, not assume that. And don't, but also, don't assume you have to do it by yourself. There are other people who can help. Uh huh. And then also, there could be a feeling of perfectionism.
0: If I can't get this done, you know, like do you know the show Bewitched where she the, she just you know wiggled her nose and
1: everything yes. was
0: done. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so yes. that's not reality, people. You know, it's 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 going to take some time unless you spend, let's say you have a lot of stuff you want to clean up and you say, okay, I'm going to spend the next three, four weeks and I'm doing nothing else but getting this done. But that isn't very realistic, right?
1: No, there's definitely a lot of perfectionism messages in society yeah. as well. They, those are real. Mm-hmm. and um, yeah. And I feel like we have to be at peace with what we can do and who we are and what we can accomplish and the limits of that. There are limits for each of us, including those people with perfect houses. And um, I think this is where the simplicity comes in handy. Uh, If you do struggle with a cluttered home and you're Mm -hmm. overwhelmed constantly by your home and your surroundings, just do a process of simplifying. It doesn't have to be about cleaning all the time and organizing Mm -hmm. that if you begin to kind of whittle away at what is excess and what does not bring you joy, uh, like Marie Kondo says in her book, that you can have a more peaceful and easier time of it. Um, So that over time it will get easier rather than kind of stay the same or get worse.
0: And since, uh, uh, in speaking of clutter, it's something we are looking at. I mean, if it's in many of your rooms or one room that you're in a lot, you see it all the time. It's like it's feeding your brain with this reminder, here I am. Yeah. 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 You know, I did, a, I did a podcast myself about the uh, clutter monster, conquering the clutter monster, and this feeling that it's just bigger than you, which is why I call it the monster. But yes. as, you, yes. as you whittle away, you begin to see the change, and it feels so amazing. And it's really about the feeling, replacing the feeling of stress with the feeling of good. You know, and you can and, look at this, yeah. you, you, look, you look at this stuff and say this, I mean, be honest with yourself that this doesn't feel good. How does it feel? Yeah. It doesn't feel good. I'd like to yeah. feel better right now. You know, I'd like to, I'd like to change this pattern of misery that I'm familiar with. And I'd like to see what it's like, feel a little bit better than that, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I'll, uh, instead of being perfectionists and saying, I've got to get it all done or I'm not doing it at all. And I have to be like Samantha from uh, Bewitched, and <laughs> it's got to get done like that. I'm going to take a small section and get started. You know? Yeah. Like Greg Creech, bet- in my interview, yeah. In my interview with Greg Creech, from the Art of Taking Action uh, podcast, he was, he was talking about five minutes a day. Start with five minutes a day and then you're done. Yeah. You know, and the idea is to, the ripple effect, you get moving, get moving. Yeah. You know, and just you'll practicing
1: that, yeah. practicing that initiating behavior, just turning that ignition switch on. That's the. That's a really big part of all of this that just, just knowing that you can do it, knowing it's available to you at any time and to practice doing it more and more.
0: Yeah. Because if in you is this feeling of stuck, I'm stuck, just know that you're choosing, you're choosing to be stuck. I mean, some people's lives may be just so overwhelmed with so many things going on, you know, Family responsibilities and blah 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 blah, blah, all these things. Uh, and they just feel exhausted, don't have time. But I feel that when you take energy, uh, and when you take these steps, it it energizes you, you get energy from it because it's breaking free, you know. Yeah, and holding on to their resistance is exhausting, it's painful, you know.
1: Yeah, you sound like a psychologist, by the way. Yeah, I know, great. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, but I, I also want to interject that it's not always about doing. There's a lot of um, bloggers in the simplicity minimalism movement who just really, you know, want to prioritize just being and, and you know, being outside and breathing and taking some time out. That, that is also, we can t- also look at that as being productive because it's feeding ourselves, it's, it's replenishing, it's rejuvenating, and it's kind of sanity preserving. These are all very important <laughs> things that we mm-hmm. can neglect or not value. And um, I think it's an important thing to teach the children, too, to get outside and to play and to um, remind ourselves about the value of being with people in, Ooh, in real yeah. time, <laughs> in real ways, and having fun. Uh, so these are all really important things to do. Also,
0: I think we're talking
1: about technology here.
0: I think we're talking <laughs> yeah. about cell phones.
1: Cell phones.
0: Why don't we yeah. talk about that for a minute here? You know <laughs> sure. the the yeah, people just tuned into their cell phones. Quick, you, you you were talking about how you know kids are typing so fast, everything fast, 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 hurry, hurry. Up. Instead yeah. of just you know being here and now and kids with their families, they're tuned into their devices instead of their families more, right? Yes. yes. So yes. why are we going in that direction? What's happening?
1: That's too big a question for me. <laughs> 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 I think it's so addictive. Talk about addictions and, and yeah. addictive processes. It's just constant hits of, um I'm very vulnerable to it. Myself being a blogger, I feel like, I feel like I have an excuse to be on my phone all the time, but it doesn't feel right all the time. And uh, mm. it, 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 does, it does interfere with relationships sometimes, and I don't like that about myself. And I think it's a constant issue these days. So um, it's something I maybe – maybe I'll come up with some, some new process about phone connectivity, uh, but, but it certainly is a, a major issue these days.
0: Mm-hmm. So, what would be another step beyond okay so you talked about you had a couple of different things you mentioned you have uh, tolerating the feeling, communicating, and then there were a few others.
1: Could you just go over those again? Sure um, that the four were simplicity, communication, time management, and mindset management um, I think we did a bunch on simplicity and communication. Time management is really you know like read my website, uh, do some browsing of the bookstore shelves. There's a lot of productivity literature now and mm-hmm. uh, read some blogs uh, the, the I feel like the time management literature is very uh, kind of systems and um, the apps and things like that very. Kind of organization focused. And I don't think you have to be um, very rigid to have better time management, that you can just um, look towards simplifying your process or doing less, you know, and then you're saving time. Uh, so you don't have to do all the things. So just try to avoid getting into that trap of feeling like everything needs to get done all the time. <laughs> I think that's a big time management failure. Uh, mm. So make good decisions about how you spend your time. Start saying no. If you're overwhelmed now, uh, take a month off from saying yes to people <laughs> and say, I'll get back to you in a month if you have to. And mm-hmm. uh, you laugh, but this stuff works. No. <laughs> you know, when you say no, mm-hmm. your schedule starts to heal itself and things start to fit in regular slots again. And that can be really uh, freeing and, and joy inducing as well so be careful about your use of time really value time watch the clock but don't be don't consider it a monster um but don't don't be in denial of times passing um and build those memories build those really fun juicy great memories and take a few photos (laughs) take photos are good too
0: and as far as time management i mean do you recommend um, creating a calendar for yourself and putting it in front of you so you're reminded visually of what you want to accomplish?
1: Yes, I'm a big fan of pen and paper. Maybe as a as a you know rebellion against the phone or a a compliment perhaps to be nicer about it. Um, but I feel like the, connecting to your writing helps you connect to your purpose and the activities that you're committing to doing. So it makes it one level more real, I think for me. That's how it works for me. And so that might be a suggestion for your uh for your listeners to pull out the pen and paper, get a get a um a small paper calendar and jot down what you've got going in the next month. See where you have the free time. See what you would want to do. Can you plan your vacation? Ahead of time, so it's cheaper and more doable, and that you're not rushing and frantic the night before you leave. You know, getting into those kind of pre planning kinds of behaviors once you start recovering from the procrastination behaviors. hmm. And it's just,
0: I mean, what you talked about simplifying. Uh, so, would this mean that you, you could list the things you want to do and then you, you pick? Some of them, but not all of them.
1: Absolutely. That's good decision-making and good time management and simplifying your life, too.
0: And then you would have to figure out maybe how much time do I need a day or a week to work on this individual task and then figure out, well, will this really fit into the rest of my schedule or my time availability, you know?
1: Yes, yes. And in conjunction with that, it's just developing a daily practice of work. So, of making work not such a oh, I'm dreading this. Oh, this has to be done. But just like every morning, I'm going to take care of 20 minutes of that, and it's a practice. Mm-hmm.
0: And some so people, I mean, maybe they're rushing off to work in the morning, or um, well, they've got other things they have to do. Then, what are they going to do with that? When do they fit this in?
1: You could perhaps I'm going to suggest waking up maybe half an hour earlier than you might. And Mm -hmm. tuck that half an hour in when the house is quiet, when the emergencies haven't happened yet, and when the intrusions haven't, when the calls and texts haven't started to come in, that's your precious time. And you might not even know you have it yet, (laughs) but it's right there for you. So Mm -hmm. uh, that's an idea. Uh, But it does not have to be the morning at all. This is not a rigid thing. This is your life and this is your system. And the whole message is that you get to design it and, you get to feel in control again in, in a healthy, happy, reasonable way, that it, it, it it's not overly organized, it's not overly planned, but there is some thought put into it.
0: So there's a balance here. Yeah. And um we we do have someone here. I don't know if they would like to speak cuz sometimes excuse me people just call in and they want to listen. Uh this is uh from an area code 802 if you'd like to speak. Of, oh, they're gone. I scared them away. Oh, well. <laughs> That's okay. Sorry. Sorry 802. <laughs> <laughs> call back in if you'd like to speak to Dr. Lee or if you want to just listen. So Okay. All right. Yeah, because um, designing a calendar could also, you could have a lot of resistance to doing that. So maybe that's too big a plan in the beginning. Um, Maybe it's just individual things and then eventually get to the calendar. What's your experience with that sort of thing, Dr. Lee?
1: I guess, uh, could you repeat the question is, what's the resistance to setting up a calendar?
0: Well, that's another good question. That wasn't the question, but I'd love an answer to that one. But would it be better to wait on a calendar, since that's sort of a bigger thing to do maybe, and start with just writing down a few things you want to accomplish?
1: Sure. That works just as well as long as the commitment is there, that that if it's written down, it's going to get done. So it makes the whole process take on a different flavor. <laughs> so instead of just mm-hmm. writing a to-do list that is going to get lost and eventually be put in the trash without having been addressed, we're now writing three things that will get done before the end of the day. So that's a whole new experience and a whole different kind of experiment. And it might not go very well the first couple of days, but then mm-hmm. let's say the second day you, you whittle it down to two and say, okay, three didn't work. It was too much. I felt too stressed. So, the next day, try two and see if you can get 15 minutes tackled on each one and celebrate after that. Um, Yeah, celebrate. Yeah, yes, yes.
0: Reward yourself in some way. So, uh, yeah, because the other thing I can think of could be a problem, especially if you're suffering from procrastination, is that you might not even know how to get started with anything, or you might, it's not familiar. You don't want to do it. So yeah. maybe start with less. That's why uh, Greg Creech's idea of five minutes a day I think is a good one. But however, my countering to that is: What do you do with that resistance feeling that's been bigger than ever, anything, you know, blocking you? And you have to just you have to go with it. You have to you have to accept that it's there, you know. Yeah. And as you said, you could get help too with that. So when I was saying, yeah. you take yourself by the hand. I mean, you're always, uh, there's a line from a, a song somewhere. Either way, you wake up you, with yourself. I mean, you're always with yourself. Yeah. Also, the, the line, you can bring a horse to water, but you can't make that horse drink. Yeah. So you can yeah. have a therapist by your side, but if the person said, no, I'm not doing it. No. no, 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 I'm not doing it. Or let's say you have a phobia to flying on a plane, and the therapist yeah. is going to come with you. And, no, I'm not. I am not. I am not getting on the plane. no. Yeah. You know, so yeah, still, and,
1: yeah. And the, these are the times when we need to offer the most patience and uh the most understanding and understand that not everybody is ready for change at the moment we might hope for them or we might need from them or we might expect mm-hmm. from them. So it's an individual process and it may work um but the good news is there's always tomorrow. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh this this kind of Uh, this kind of journey is always a possibility for people, and I just hope that people continue to remember that.
0: So the discomfort that you encounter, does that get less and less the more action you take?
1: I believe so. I feel like that's the the whole reward system is a natural one, that they're the natural rewards of completing what you said you're going to complete and feeling accomplished and feeling unburdened. And feeling pretty light; <laughs> uh, these mm-hmm. are all great things. And feeling like you can show up for time on on time for things when you used to be late for everything, you know. And you can feel um, clear headed about things when people are talking to you. Mm-hmm. These are all great, mm-hmm. great things to get for yourself.
0: Mm-hmm. And before we were talking about this, um, you had uh, asked if I was asking uh, what, what causes the resistance. Uh, to creating a calendar. So let's talk about that. Where's that I, resistance coming from?
1: I feel like I've almost seen the reverse from people, that people come with lots of lists but no action. So mm-hmm. it's, I, I don't think I've seen so much of the resistance to setting up the calendar. That, that hasn't been my experience. Okay. Uh, but I feel there's a the resistance to actually sticking with the commitment of I wrote this down in the calendar, but, you know, that that doesn't mean anything. And so that's a technique that I learned from David Allen in the book Getting Things Done, which Mm -hmm. is also a great book to refer to, where he says if you're going to write it in the calendar, it's got to mean something. It's got to mean that it's going to get done.
0: Mm -hmm. What happens if you write it in the calendar, it doesn't get done, and then you're riddled with guilt and shame over that?
1: I don't think he writes about doing that. <laughs> I think he mm-hmm. just uh, is, is saying, I mean, that's the thing with these books is there, there's, there's less written about the emotional side. But it's an excellent question. And I would say mm-hmm. then, then promise yourself that, you know, so that was your pass, and you, you really gave it your, a good try or you at least thought about it and tried to put it in your calendar meaningfully. But now mm-hmm. it's going to happen on Tuesday instead.
0: Okay. No so big
1: loss you know, this is all, this is, we're all playing the game, you know, we all have to wake up with ourselves, like you said, and um, it's okay, just just go kindly, <laughs> go kindly. So with is this yourself. about, is this about the adult talking to the inner child? Uh, it can be, it can be, and it can be re- a reparenting of the self, sure. Yeah. So can we also talk
0: a little bit about shame, which is a very deep emotion?
1: Yes. Yeah, let's, uh, let's talk about that a little bit. What is that exactly? Uh, what I learned from somewhere, probably back in my training years, was that there's a difference between guilt and shame, and guilt is what we feel from inside when we do something that's not exactly right or perfect, And shame is the experience that we feel interpersonally or socially when something has not gone Mm -hmm. the way it should. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I felt that that helped me to understand a little bit of the nuances of the two terms. I would say both factors are really significant factors for the typical procrastinator and, uh, very big barriers to productivity. I think it's really hard to produce good work when you're riddled with guilt and shame. And it's hard to, even if you finished your work, you might delay on passing it in or, or submitting it or pu- getting it published um, because you just don't want it to be real. You don't, you don't want that judgment and you don't want to have a replay of some earlier experiences that you might have mm-hmm. had. And uh, that is very powerful, and it, it's a very uh, internal sabotaging process that can be very consistent, very automatic, and very debilitating. And it's that automatic nature that we sometimes don't see for ourselves, and that's where therapy can be really helpful because you have an, a person observing you um, Be very critical of yourself. Um, and it doesn't take a, it doesn't have, again, it doesn't have to take a therapist. My neighbor noticed that I was being super critical of myself one day when I was throwing a small get together. And I thought I was long past being that kind of self critical to myself, (sighs) but she said, just stop, stop being, you know, I was hosting (laughs) and saying how bad I was at this or that. And she just said, Christine, don't do that to yourself. And it's those Mm -hmm. moments that are so instructive. Um so it doesn't always require a therapist's couch.
0: So. Mm-hmm. And are you familiar with the book Healing the Shame that Binds You by uh, John Bradshaw?
1: I I am not. I apologize. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, healing the Shame that Binds You, because he talks about the shame that's internal that mm-hmm. we get from our childhood conditioning. Mm-hmm. So... My feeling is that the shame is so deep and it's so, you know, it's it's something so painful that we don't even want to think about it. So, but when you you have to take action and break through the procrastination, you're going to feel it. It's there. It's the thing that's holding you back, you know, but it doesn't have to control you. So that when you take action, you start to... I don't know, whittle away it a little? I don't know. My, one of my biggest questions is, can you really reparent yourself? Can you really um, undo the button, undo the shame, those deep-seated feelings, that conditioning? Can you really do it through changing your actions?
1: I, I feel, I mean, my, my main response and main reaction to that wonderful question is that I'm a big believer in the process of therapy and healing. So my response would be yes. I think a lot of that, maybe not 100% because we all, I think we all have roots and the roots are there for a reason. <laughs> mm-hmm. some, some of the roots have to kind of ground us and keep us, keep us. Quirky and keep us who we are, um, but we absolutely can change some of our very oldest patterns. I absolutely believe that, and I feel like my changing—you know—the the internal voices and the external behaviors that I, you know, the behavioral patterns that I used to suffer from—is um, mm-hmm. just one example. But certainly, many patients can tell you they've they've gone through similar trans. It's kind of like a transformation of really mm-hmm. kind of. Moving, moving through and moving beyond what used to be and what is still there within us, but doesn't have to control our behaviors. I think the intervention of another person through a therapist is really very powerful and can help you know with the reparenting, with the support, with the reframing, with the experience of verbalizing your experience as an adult and having some feeling of power over that time as an adult when as a child you didn't have that, you weren't given yeah. that experience of power or that feeling of power was taken away from you uh, by another person. So um, it's a difficult journey, a long journey and uh, sometimes feels extremely daunting but I, I do feel it's possible so that, that's got to be my answer.
0: So if you you started therapy then with somebody, and you were very clear Excuse <coughs> me, and you said, I want you to help me with my procrastination. Isn't that a good idea instead of just going in and just talking about whatever? Because that could happen too, you know, where you're just talking about different things and not really getting to your the things you want to start doing or breaking through. What are your yeah. thoughts there? Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, another great question. I feel like that's mm. di- tough because I don't think your standard psychologists are trained to talk about procrastination. <laughs> I feel mm. like it's still a taboo topic, and mm. it's, it's one that's not easily. People make jokes about it easily, but they mm. don't really talk about it seriously and certainly not as a clinical issue, I don't think, mm. um, I, I definitely get referrals for people who are procrastinators, um, and I enjoy working with that group. But I I feel like many of these clients have tried with other people to address the procrastination and felt like they they weren't satisfied. So I don't know what went on or um, or how how direct they were in communicating their needs for this kind of treatment, but um, you know, so I agree. It's a good idea to say up front, I would like help with my procrastination. It's a serious issue, um, but find the right therapist too. So take your time. You don't have to just stick with the first one that you intersect with if it's, if that person's not right for you. But that's true of any any person who who is seeking a new therapist. Just take mm. your time and, and make sure that the connection works between you.
0: So why isn't the very good suggestions? So why isn't this taken seriously though? As a real issue.
1: You've just stumped me. <laughs> yeah. I And I should have an easy answer for that, but I don't think I do. I think there's so, there's so much of the perfection um, model going on that really, that we almost like we don't have time to deal with people's, inability or or when the feeling when their feelings come up that's not really productive or that's not really that doesn't belong in the workplace or that's just an individual issue um, or it's just temporary or it's just a quirk of that person or maybe a personality flaw uh, that we can't deal with or is immovable. So, they, you know, you're giving me ideas for the book. <laughs> <laughs> and you're talking about Therapists. No. Nope. I'm talking you're... about why maybe no one really, you know, takes <laughs> takes this issue as seriously as I would like them to take it. Take it. Um, mm-hmm. That it's it's not. I don't feel like it's part of the 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 social dialogue and yet, and um, that people are still very ashamed to come out with it, um, to admit it, or to ask for help. See, that's the
0: thing. The shame is what's underneath it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Because
0: they're feeling like, well, if I was really a perfect person, I wouldn't procrastinate.
1: Yeah. And we all know we shouldn't procrastinate. So this is like a – it feels ridiculous too. So um, Mm -hmm. it's kind of an insanity-inducing process. (laughs) So I wanted to ask you too –
0: do you find that men procrastinate more than women or women procrastinate more than men or is it kind of equal?
1: I don't think I have any particular read on that right now. My practice tends to be overwhelmingly women, but they're not all procrastinators. So, <laughs> so <laughs> from my own you know, small group of people to evaluate, I, I, I don't think I could draw any conclusions like that. Um, I think this is, again, a human thing. So I feel like there's a little bit of a procrastinator in almost everyone.
0: Um, yeah.
1: And and I don't think it discriminates that way.
0: <laughs> but you're talking about problem procrastination where it's as you were uh, c- comparing it or, or paralleling it to an addiction where it's really taking over your whole life.
1: It's getting yeah, in the way of everything. Yeah, where it's across multiple arenas in your life, um, you know. Your home, your work, your finances, um, yeah. So it, it's it's kind of set in, and it's difficult for you to feel like you can get out. Uh, yes.
0: Mhm. So it's just it's it's the single step, and it's a t- taking it accepting the discomfort that's going to be. The, if it's going to be, maybe it won't be uncomfortable. But yeah. if it is uncomfortable, don't say, "Oh, I can't." No, I can't. I'm not doing it. You say, "I am doing this. I'm doing this, and I'm going to take a small step right now and do it. Yeah, get started. Yeah,
1: and that you're doing it for yourself. It's not for productivity's sake. It's for taking care of yourself, and that's okay. It's okay, you know. It's just kind of giving yourself this new message that you're worth it. That you're worth good care. You're worth Mm -hmm. the time, and you're worth the struggle. And I, I feel like people need to hear that and." that those messages aren't always coming.
0: So when you work with people, this is the type of thing you provide to them, that type of support, correct?
1: Yes, and sometimes I kick people in the pants, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's, you know, I like to have fun with people. I like to ease up the tension and the stress. And I like to, you know, I like work to be fun also. I don't want my work to be, you know, filled with dread and pain all the time. Yeah. There has to be some lightness balanced with with the with the heavy. So, um, well, now yeah, you, I do, you do, I do offer support.
0: Uh, you do Skype sessions. Let's just talk a little bit about how you work, and again, how people can contact you, um, and let's give out your website address again.
1: So, sure. Uh, so to start, the best way really to get to me is through the website, and it's procrastinationcoach.com dot com, and um, sign up for the blog, and you'll get. Some, uh, some stuff from me into your in- inbox, uh, the, the posts that I will write, and messages about different offerings. And mm-hmm. then um, I don't do... I find Skype to be very distracting, <laughs> actually, because of the, technolog- <laughs> the technology issues involved. So I tend to do coaching by phone, and, oh. uh, and I do an initial consult that's 45 minutes, and I mm-hmm. get the, the, the back story and a little bit of the, the current problem, and then we see if it's a good fit between ourselves and have a little bit of a, 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 a small game plan to start off with and just mm-hmm. to get the person thinking about the issue in, in these kinds of ways that we've discussed and to just get that five-minute, ten-minute thing going. For them. And typically, I have people start off with something that's not about work. It's not the big thing that has been hanging over their head, but just Hmm. to get that activation energy going again.
0: Hmm. So you do this over the phone with with them. You're on the phone with them while they're starting to take that action step.
1: Typically, it's a homework. You know, At the end of the first okay. session, I would have one or two items that they could do within a week, and then we would check in with each other the week after.
0: Mm-hmm. So in your experience in working with people, do you find most people are able to complete the one or two steps within that week?
1: I'll tell you what the pattern tends to be with procrastinators, okay. is that procrastinators <laughs> will open up saying, I didn't do what I was supposed to. But then, by the end of the second session, I realize they have they've done Ooh. some version of it, but they don't see it as a completion or of movement of movement and that's perhaps oftentimes the healing part of the second session is that they get to see, oh wow I just didn't I did something else that was really big you know or that that, that they did change in the in the in the week uh, mm. since the first session, but that they're they're their attitude about themselves remained negative. So Mm -hmm. that's that's kind of why oftentimes it's, it's nice to have another person looking in.
0: Definitely. So the negative mindset gets in the way, is so critical, and sabotages or can sabotage your
1: progress. Absolutely, it can be bigger than any judge and judge or jury. You know, it could, it can mm-hmm. be a big wall, even when there's nothing. Uh, oftentimes, what I do with clients is say, like, there's really nothing um, blocking you from progress except your your internal thoughts, and that's really intense. That's an intense realization, um, and oftentimes the patient knows it, but we then then we have to deal with the internal block. So. Um, so, what are the internal thoughts that could be there blocking? Uh, it's just, it's uh, again the, the the multiple versions of types of fears. It's all Elizabeth Gilbert wrote or said. All procrastination is fear, and mm. I just wish I had said that. It's 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 simple and it's beautiful mm. and it's true uh, that all procrastination is is fear, and so we just have to track where did that fear come from. What's it rooted in? Do we have to stick with that? Is it important enough to not go forward with your life? Uh, and oftentimes it's not. So just try to be low anxiety. Have that be a motto in your life. I'm, I'm a low anxiety. You know, it, that you're, I think you're always going to win when you try to keep your anxiety low. So you, by, by talking
0: yourself down, by saying things to yourself you're going to be able to minimize that anxiety. Is that correct?
1: Uh, hopefully. I, I don't know that that always works, but that's the idea, that we we change our mindset to a more positively oriented one, and okay. then at least you've given yourself a chance rather than shutting the door in your own face.
0: Yeah, so by saying, you know, that I did something, it's not good enough, so it's not even worth anything. Right. And then right. yeah, you, Dr. Lee, come along and say, whoa, hey, hey, hey. You did, you did something. It's like, it's like a little kid that needs that encouragement and, and believes who they are through what their, you know, who their role models or what their role models say to them. You know, if the role model says, oh, that's not, what did you, that's not good enough. Then the little kid goes, oh, yeah, I guess I didn't, I didn't do anything. I didn't get it done. You know, I didn't get it right. But if the parent or, you know, as I say, you know, the guardian said, Wow, that is just fantastic what you did over here. Let's say they said, Clean your room. And the kid goes, Okay, all right, clean my room. And they, they clean half of it. Parent comes in and goes, What is this mess over here still? Yeah. What is it? But I cleaned that over there. I uh, psh, All I see is this mess over here. So we in, t- in, in our brains, our brains are going, because we got that kind of conditioning, our brains are going, no, I didn't get anything done because I didn't get it all
1: done. Or that it's unsafe to act anyway, no matter how hard we try. It so, is unsafe yeah. to act anyway, no matter how
0: hard we try.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because of the
1: fear of being judged. Is that right? Or the fear of just. Dis- feel like, like even if it, even if it's not a concrete thing it's like a, kind of that feeling of being injured um, so it, it may not be a specific process but a feeling of danger or a feeling of discomfort or a feeling of uh, being unloved or mm-hmm. of being um, betrayed even like the love is betrayed between the, the parent and the child in in that moment and it, that can be very powerful
0: mm-hmm. Now, what about having some kind of a, I'm serious now, a star chart or some kind of, I'm not kidding, a sticker chart, Um, you put it on the wall, and maybe Uh it'll help you feel a little bit more connected to the inner kid in you.
1: Sure. And you you really make it fun. Whatever works. Listen, stuff is always coming in the mail to my house because I'm trying a new thing. Yeah. uh, I try to keep it simple, but if I see something that might work for me, I'm going to order it. This is my area of interest, you know. So uh, I've got a wall calendar coming as we speak, and uh, we, we have to be kind to ourselves, and we are. hopefully we do have the kid in us too. Uh, it's not lost. That, that kid is not lost. It's a part of who we mm-hmm. are. And um, to just bring back the joy and, and you know, kick out the stress, and know that things are going to be okay. They will really, essentially, be okay. Um, especially, you know, in light of the fact that this project you're worrying about is going to be meaningless in a couple of weeks. You know, so um, you know, don't don't take things too seriously. Don't take yourself too seriously, and and live it up. So, if you and it, in
0: terms of having some kind of a sticker chart, when you accomplish something, you immediately stick a sticker on there. And it reminds yes. you, oh, I did, I did that, you know, and you write down yes. what you did. Maybe even write down the time and, and put down something like great job, you know, yes. good job. Yes. For whatever yes. it is you did. Yes. You know, well, you broke, yes. I broke yes. through some resistance today. Good job. yeah. And then there you know, you come. For
1: that. There are apps for that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's an app called Streak or Streaks. I think it's Streak. Um, and so you can just, you know, it's, a, it's kind of um, you tap it and then it'll X out the date on the calendar for you and then you see, okay, how long was I planning the streak for? Did I keep it up? And it's a little bit, it can be motivating for people. I tend to stay away from those kinds of techie things. I'd rather do it on paper again, but yeah. um, if you like apps, there are apps for you about productivity too.
0: And that's Streak, S-T-R-E-A-K? Yes. And is that a dot .com? Or just it's an app, you can get, you, know, where can you get that? I hope it's even
1: still an app. This was a long time ago oh. that I had heard about oh, this okay. one. But, but yeah. see, if it, see, if, see if it still exists. My apologies if it's a long gone kind of a thing. That's
0: okay. Yeah. But I'm thinking if you put something on your wall where you're going to see it, you can't procrastinate about seeing it. Oh, it's in my phone. I'm not going to look at that today. Right, because if right, the true. fear the fear is there, the fear may be there to look at the chart too, because it's all part of the same resistance package that you're true. you're walking around with. So it's like you stick it on the wall where you're going to see it, and then you see, oh, you, it's the next day. Oh, look at what I did yesterday, and even like I, I said, like take a picture of it. Let's say you're cleaning up clutter, take a picture of the accomplishment, not the whole room, but just the. The spot you worked on, you know, maybe yeah. before and after. Wow, look at what I did, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Now, just to let you know, we've got um,
1: about eight minutes left.
0: Are okay. there, is there anything else you would like to talk about, Dr. Lee, in the eight minutes?
1: I feel like you've been so thorough and so lovely with your investigation of this topic, and you've made me think deeper about it. And I and I'm obsessed with the topic, so I appreciate. That's all I want to say. I wanted to express my gratitude Aww. to you. Um, and maybe that's oh, my final you. point: is that gratitude is a big deal. You know, to oh, yeah. really be grateful for all that we've been given and all Aww. that we have and to adopt that kind of mindset if you can, whenever you can. It never hurts to, to be grateful, I think, and that has helped me too, um, just to get over the harder times and to get over the rough spots, um, You know, to, to just be grateful that we have this opportunity in front of us to, mm-hmm. to go through these things <laughs> too and That's to be very... interviewed and, and to try new oh. things with new people. It's great.
0: Yeah, I mean, you could also put that on your wall too, what you're grateful for. Maybe put that on top of the, or above the, uh, the sticker chart yeah. or whatever chart it is, so that the first thing you see next to that is something positive about what you're grateful for. Cause it is, it's yeah. true. It's so easy when you're caught up in that bad feeling, that resistance. You don't, you're not thinking about it. You're, you're grateful for anything, you're just feeling the pain.
1: Yes.
0: So, yes. You know, so if you you transform your thinking that way using gratitude as your you know, your the the vehicle to yes. take action, you know. Hey, you know, yes. let's if it's something that is, is, involves using your hands. Now, not everybody, you know, there may be handicapped people who don't have hands they can use. You know, what and they they maybe the most grateful of all, they're grateful for the things they do have, you know, but let's yeah. say, you know, you, you're approaching the task and you say, I'm so grateful I could do this. I'm so grateful. Or you're talking about taking time to, to, to just relax. I'm so grateful for the sunshine. I'm so grateful for, for being able to just walk down the street, you know, or whatever yeah. the yeah. small things, the small yeah. things, because, yeah, in this, in this age of overblown technology and fast, 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 I want it now, I want it bigger, 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 you know, it's, we don't look at what's right in front of us, like a little flower growing or the sky or the the fresh air, if you're lucky enough to be living in a place with fresh air. I'm living in the mountains, so I'm happy about that, fresh air, lots oh, of it. Yeah, great. so uh, little things, you know, or you think, you look back, here's another thing, you Picture yourself um, whatever let's say a hundred years old, and you're looking back over your life and you're saying at that age, fill in the blank of what you are now uh, what what would I have liked to have done at that point of, you know would have would I have liked to have conquered that that procrastination and if the answer is yes, follow your own sage advice, yeah. yes, yes you know, it's like getting out of that, that box you're in That's where you're holding yourself back, you know. So, because you probably give yourself the best advice, just like friends do, right? They're going to be honest <laughs> with you, hopefully. <laughs> you, know, you might not like what they have to say. They're going to tell, tell you the truth. Why? Because they care about you, hopefully. Yeah. If they don't care about you, that's another matter. But they care about you, they're going to be candid. So if you say, I'm struggling with procrastination maybe that friend will go you know hey don't be so hard on yourself hey you know like you were talking about having a party and you were so hard on yourself what do you you know give yourself a break it's just a party we're all yeah. come and help you kind of thing you know
1: yeah so yeah. so we can be grateful for for this mindfulness and these opportunities to change and the mountains which are lovely <laughs> that's yeah. great where are you where are you located in Asheville, oh, yeah. My yeah, husband wonderful. and I—I
0: I grew up in New York. Uh, we came down here about two and a half years ago. So yeah, it's 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 quite quite nice. So
1: okay, I'm happy here. Yeah, oh, good good. I'm happy so, for that.
0: Now, why don't you just in the last few minutes here? Why don't you give out your? Um, you have a Twitter account. Why don't you give that information out? You've already given the website, it's procrastinationcoach.com, and any other contact information you like to give out?
1: Sure. Really, across social media, I'm procrastinationcoach. So if you, <laughs> uh, if you type that in on Twitter, I will come up in that way. My handle on Twitter is at sign Christine Lee, spelled L-I, with the letters Ph.D. after it. So Christine Lee, okay. Ph.D. on Twitter. And I'm a new fan of Instagram, and uh, so you can look me up as Procrastination Coach there. So I like that platform because it's a little bit of a mini blogging uh, avenue. So you can, you can be personal and you can have your fun pictures and connect with people in a nice way there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also, like that's it, like with everything, a struggle over how much time you do you want to allot for these things. But I try to get my pleasure out of these things and then leave. <laughs> so, leave, leave in time. Leave in time.
0: It's about prioritizing the things you really want to do.
1: Yes, so that's a, yeah. that's
0: a whole nother show. But, that's and would a whole you just, other
1: show. <laughs> yeah, would you just spell out your full name? Sure, it's Christine, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, and my last name is Lee, just the two letters, L-I.
0: Okay, very, very good. So I want to thank you so much for joining me on this special podcast of Unburdening the Self um, my name is Lisa Earhart, and my special guest has been Dr. Lee. And you can also learn more about TalkBox Radio at TalkBoxRadio.com. Thank you so much, Dr. Lee. And Thank you, Lisa. Would it's been great. Very, very good. Thank you. And you take care, all of my listeners. and We'll be talking with you again soon. Best wishes. Okay. okay best wishes to you. TalkBox Radio. Talkbox Radio. And now, insurance-minded speeches from GEICO.
1: It's a common expression, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. However, what if the horse's mouth is filled with useful insurance tools? This is the exact case with the GEICO app. Yes, the app is free and therefore a gift horse. However, look inside the app and behold emergency roadside assistance, digital ID cards, bill pay. Get the GEICO app. Look it in the mouth. Get amazing services. Thank you.